episode eight of the Blue Blood Rivalry podcast. On my side, I'm Natalie Bodie in Duke Blue. We got Remy Schwartz. And lastly, we got our moderator, Hassan, with the cap on. This is the COVID-19 <laughs> edition of the podcast. We're all remote. We're distancing properly. I'm in Texas. Remy, you're in Virginia? Yeah, I'm currently in Virginia, around and Charlottesville. Haas, and Haas, where the heck are you? I'm in the Big T, Durham. I'm in Durham, so, uh, you know, we're definitely doing our social distancing. Are, are you guys all social distancing? On, didn't you guys get put on lockdown, or is that starting tonight or I'm something? On, I'm on lockdown with Haas, my son. I'm on lockdown with Malik, Brianna, and my wife, and my dogs. No, but so is there, totally like, something issued in Durham right now? I thought. Yeah, so we're not allowed. We're only allowed to go out for essentials, so essentials are like a jog and to the store. We can't really go out and congregate. So we're really like locked down. But you can, but you can so, still uh, jog. You can like run and stuff. Yes. Yes. We can run. And I'm, I've got like my coronavirus workout plan. So, um, so I'm actually working with bands like resistance bands. And so like I'm banding my way to like another 10 pounds. Like when we get out, I'm be 10 pounds lighter. Wow. Hey, All right. I know that. I saw that's your, your big um, coronavirus objective is you're getting ripped, right? Best shape of your life? That's good. That's the best shape of my life. Coronavirus shape, man. That's, <laughs> that's what we're doing. So, so Natalie, right. come on. Tell us about the show. What are, we, what are we talking about today? Yeah, so it's funny because I told my dad I was doing this podcast. He was like, well, there's no sports, so what are you going to talk about? But that's actually the opposite because I don't know if you guys have seen, but what's really cool right now is on sports center, they're playing highlights of some of the best sports that we've seen in the past decade. And then on top of that, people are theorizing what would have happened in these eventual tournaments that were canceled. So there are still sports, but in a different way. And I don't think we would have ever gotten this content if not for the virus, obviously not under the best circumstance, but cool. Nonetheless, you can make the best of it. But today on our show, our first topic, we're talking Cole Anthony. He's saying that he's not making a decision yet. He's going to have his announcement after things settle down on whether he's staying or leaving. I'll get to what I think about that, obviously, on the Carolina side of things. But Remy, as a Duke fan, Duke student, but basketball fan, what do you think about Cole Anthony? Should he speed this up, make a decision? What, what are your thoughts? I think he's waiting for the hype. I think he knows that if he announces right now, which I do think he is going pro, just based on what I've said on previous podcasts, me advising him, I would go pro. I think that he's waiting for people to actually care. I mean, people have a lot going on right now, and sports aren't, as you said, like a big issue or the lack of right now. So I think that he's just waiting for, his, for the perfect chance to have his announcement be, like, blown up, especially in the eyes of Carolina fans. Okay, Natalie. Let me ask you, well, what do you think, as a Carolina fan, what do you think his intentions are? So I'm ready. So I think, and that's what I was going to interject and say, I think that Cole should just make a de decision, and Cole should just stay. I can't name a player who would want to go out the way he did. They weren't going to make the tournament, but then the tournament was canceled. Did them a favor, really, because I don't even know if it's going to count of them not making the tournament if they didn't get to have a selection Sunday. But on top of that, his game has room to develop. He was arguably one of the most overhyped people coming in on the roster. He did not perform up to standards. He was injury ridden, but I think, and I was thinking about this, I think he needs to take a page from Cam Johnson's book. Look, I know that 
Cam Johnson was a grad transfer, whatever. He played tons of years. But bottom line, he graduated eventually from Pitt. He got a master's from North Carolina. And he stayed in college and graduated later. And he was a first-round top – I think he was the 11th pick in the top dozen players to go. He's on no one's radar before that. So why would you leave when you had a horrible season that was injury-ridden? Yeah, what have you shown people? Why would you not just stay? So I think he should cut to the chase, make a decision, and stick around. Okay, so here's my take, okay? So my take is Cole Anthony is delaying his decision because the NBA season is in disarray. So right now, NBA scouts would be at the NCAA tournament, the ACC tournament, and they would have this natural progression to pick who is their number one, their number two, number three pick. But this season, those scouts do not have those looks at those players, and um, they're in disarray about what's happening with the NBA. Are they going to play as postseason? Are they going to play again? Or is this season going to be scrapped? So I think NBA front offices don't know what's going on. I think that all the recruits and all the projected one, two, three, four, five picks don't know what's going on. So Cole is not making the decision because he doesn't have enough information. Remy, what do you think about that? I agree with that. I think that obviously he's probably not getting any feedback from NBA teams and where he could potentially be drafted. But I also think that if there is a draft, he's going to go. So, like, and if no matter what, if there's a draft, I think he will go. I don't think it matters about the NBA season. I think ultimately he's going to go. On the flip side, though, we did discuss how this was a weaker draft. And so you could kind of compare, you know, if he were to go in this draft amidst all this disarray, would it help him? Would it hurt him? Would him having another season? On ESPN's mock draft, he was projected to go fourth overall, which surprises me, but that's what it says. Okay, so see, that kind of – I hadn't seen a mock draft, but I don't know how Cole Anthony goes fourth overall. Trey Jones is projected 21. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. That's, I mean, that's kind of what we were going to talk about next. Trey Jones, he also announced that he was leaving for the NBA. And if we assume that Cole's going to leave as well, back to that point that you kind of brought up, Remy – you know, the mock draft with Cole Anthony at fourth and Trey at 21, who do you think's better between the two? And obviously that's just one mock draft, but who do you think will be drafted first? And if it's a different answer than that, who do you think should be drafted first? I initially, before seeing the NBA mock draft and my, even right now, I think Trey would have been drafted higher. I think he should be drafted higher. I mean, accolades. Why, why Remy? Why? Why? Okay, Hassan, why, he's the ACC why? player of the year, ACC defensive player of the year, obviously first team all ACC. What is, like, why wouldn't you? They played head-to-head, who outperformed, who led the team to victory. I just don't understand how he could be drafted ahead. Do, yes, do you, okay, the question, though, Remy, is do you see an NBA guy? I don't. I see a guy with a moderately good jump shot. I see a guy that's kind of slow. I see a guy that's not so tall. He's going to have to guard bigger guards. I don't see uh, his brother. I, I think his brother's a better player. I think his brother's a better athlete. But did you I think, think this guy was, is an NBA guy. Did you think Tyus was going to be the player he wa- is now leaving Duke? No, I did not. I did so not. what makes it say that Trey can't be? I'm not saying that he can't be, but I'm saying he isn't right now. That's what I'm saying. I'm so not I'm saying gonna, he can't be. I'm going to say this, though. 
I, even apart from that, I do believe that Trey Jones should go before Cole Anthony. He's Duke's go-to guy. And the thing is, is he's averaging like 16 points a game. He's got assists. He got rebounds. He plays good defense. And other, I mean, if anyone saw the first edition of the Blue Blood rivalry game this year, when he was the guy who took the clutch shot at the end of the game, he's obviously Duke's go-to guy. Duke has outperformed Carolina as a team, and Trey Jones outperforms Cole Anthony, period. So even being a Carolina fan, I, don't, I mean, there's certainly there's other mock drafts where he's ranked higher than Cole, but I just don't see how you pick a Cole Anthony who barely played a collegiate season over a Trey Jones. But – one thing that might actually trump all of that is LaMelo Ball. So comparing him, he's, he's almost every – in every draft I've seen, he's number one overall. And I love this topic. And I'm going to say right now, Haas, I think you like the ball brand. You, you enjoy I the ball brand. Love it. Love all it. Right, so this is, is going to be that. All right. The ball brand, whether you love it, whether you hate it, their dad established a brand. It's out there. People know about it. He said his sons are going to do this, this, and this, and they've actually kind of done it. So whether you hate him or not, he's true to his word. But LaMelo Ball and the Sydney Kings, they broke the NBL attendance record this year. So obviously he brings the hype. They just do. It's their brand. I mean, he's an elite floor commander, but what's going to make or break him, I think, is his jump shot because it's not as consistent. His brother's been shooting really well with the Pelicans, but and, I mean, almost every just analyst report from different, you know, draft projections that I've seen, it's his jump shot that needs work. So what do you guys think? Did a Cole Anthony and a Trey Jones compare to a LaMelo Ball? And, and what work does LaMelo no, have to do? No, no comparison. I agree. No comparison. No comparison. Here, here's the deal. LaMelo Ball, Natalie, you can read me. I love the Ball family. I'm rooting for oh. big ball or brand um, just because we need some competition with Nike, Adidas with Under Armour, and I like the idea that these guys are dreaming big. It's, it's totally up my alley. But let me tell you about LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball, the difference between him and Trey Jones and uh, Cole Anthony, LaMelo Ball is six foot eight. He's Hi. long, rangy, he, he's got an incredible dribble, he can get to the paint, and he's got incredible vision just like his brother, but he's better than his brother, okay? His jump shot at this juncture is better than his brother. I wow. think LaMelo Ball could be the best point guard in the NBA in three years. Three years. Okay. That's okay. my hot take That's today. a hot take. It's, it's a moderately hot take, but okay. I mean, I think you're right. And the thing is, if you're playing in a pro league for a year, undoubtedly that's probably better than playing in a, a college season for a year based on competition and getting used to the life of a pro player. But what do you think, Remy? I was going to say a lot of what Hassan said, actually. Um, we don't agree a lot, Hassan. But I was going to say, I mean, having a big point guard is definitely more powerful in today's game. And I think it definitely adds that over Trey and Cole both. So, so with this okay, type of so play, it is not, I think that's what you're about to say, Haas. Since he blazed the trail to go to the NBL over going to college, do you think tons of players will now do that? Or do you think that – it's not a one-size-fits-all, he blazed a trail, but college will still get the majority of players. What do you both think? I think that it has to be under the right circumstances, honestly. I think it's case by case, and I think that LaMelo's case is because of the Big Ball, the Ball Brothers brand, and he lost his NCAA eligibility. So I think for his case, yes, it fit, but I don't know if that's the way for everyone. I mean, he's monetizing himself a different way. So, But when 2021 comes and 
athletes can monetize themselves in college, I think it's going to add a completely good different point. Great point. Huh? Uh, Remy, I, I think that's a great point. I think that's a great point. I think if a LaMelo ball was coming in 2021 and was able to take the big ball of brand to college, wear his own shoes, and really maximize his potential while getting national TV coverage, I would. I, I don't think I would go to um, to college. I think I would go on camp. I mean, I don't think I would go to the NBA. I think I would go on campus, hang out with my peers, have four years meeting people who are going to be doctors, lawyers, accountants, all those different things, and building my community and my network while I'm still monetizing. So I, I Remy, I agree with you 100. percent Plenty of exposure, too. I mean, Zion did the same thing. His brain rapidly increased from all the TV exposure. I agree. He could have had it all if he could monetize himself, but he couldn't. So, also, next thing we're going to talk about, right now there's no live sports. We know that. We know that tournaments were canceled. So, do you think, Haas, I'll start with you, the NCAA, did they kind of blunder doing this? Should they have played championship games and empty arenas. I mean, everyone wants content right now. Everyone wants game to watch. They, they lost so much revenue. What do you think? I think the total blunder. I think the ACC tournament, you could feel it like fans weren't showing up. I think they should have coronavirus tested all the players and got the players who had the coronavirus help. And I think they should have played for an ACC championship in an empty Greensboro Coliseum where everybody was standing six feet apart and playing under the coronavirus rules, right? So we know the players are tested. Nobody's got it. Play. Enjoy yourself. The people who are working around that arena test everybody. And I think in a state like today, like you said, Nellie, we're in a situation where there's no sports. I'm going crazy. I'm watching old sports. I'm watching replays. But I want sports, right? So I would be a nut watching a virtual tournament and finding a victor for the ACC title, which Duke wouldn't have won, Remy. Duke would not have won that title. And an NCAA title, which Duke would not have won. Thoughts, Remy? Okay, I personally would have enjoyed the NCAA tournament, obviously. But I do think that not having fans changes the whole environment of a game. I think that... It, the ebbs and flows of a game, the momentum changes, everything can be greatly influenced and impacted by fans. Like, think about Duke, for example. Like, Duke, playing in Cameron without the Cameron Crazies is a whole different ball game. I think it adds an element to, for the team in favor, that they're in favor of and against. So I think that would have changed the game completely. But that's the whole point, guys. This would have been different. Like, right now we're going to come away with 2020, nothing happened. This could have been historic for the NCAA to say this was the, the championship that there were no fans. We got to the same point, but you did it with no fans because there was this incredible disease of, 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 of the last hundred years came around, corona, right? And that actually makes it even a better title because now you get more interest now you're a league that's taking chances. Now you're a league that you're in a league of your own because there's nothing out there to watch. Natalie, thoughts? I mean, I don't know. I think that 
there were ways to salvage the revenue loss. People would have ate up the TV time and the content. I just, I think you're right, but I, there's just some logistical issues in that solution because what if a player doesn't want to take a test? I mean, do you take away their eligibility in the game? What if there aren't enough tests to administer? Those are issues that they would have to think about. And I don't know, I think they, they should have done it and saved a lot of revenue. If they're going to play in an empty arena, so be it. Maybe they could have virtual noisemakers. I don't know. I think more time and energy could have been put into it. But at the same time, because people could have, you know, stood at their computer and cheered and they could have just had audio from, you know, all of the, the technological viewers playing in. But they just, I don't think at the end of the day, they wanted to deal with it and the risk was too high. And so once other sports started canceling, I think they were like, all right, well, it's canceled. But now when this might go on longer than people thought and people are feeding for media, the amount of money that they're losing, they could have maybe it made they could have maybe made all that back listen I know there aren't ticket sales but I couldn't name a person right now that I know that wouldn't have paid at least ten dollars to watch a championship game of some sort on their tv or laptop I think I think they would have made more money I think I I think you put it on pay-per-view I think people would have watched it I think the players would have been safer right and here's why because now the pay the players don't go and scatter and go home you keep them in contained environments. You spend the money, keep your, your players in contained environment. You test them, give them the best health care, and you deal with the sick, which you'd have to deal with anyway. But now you have your players in clean environments where the probabilities of them catching corona go down. Now your players are at home in different cities with different risk factors, right? So if you're a new a player like Cole Anthony, I think he resides in New York City. Is that great? Correct? Right now, yep. New York City is the number one city in the world with coronavirus. Um, is that making Cole Anthony safer? What do you guys think? No, I mean, I think that plays into our answer earlier. I agree with you. I'm on the same page. Remy, what do you think? I agree. I just don't think everyone thought about the other side of it before making their decision. I think, as you said, Natalie, it was a ripple down effect. After one cancellation, the others felt pressure to cancel as well. And, and that's why the NCAA needs Mavericks or some, some people who are there who can see the vision of, you know, how can we get Silicon Valley involved? Like, we could have not done this show, Natalie. We could have said, oh, it's corona. We're all away. We're social distancing. Natalie's social distancing back in Texas. Remy's back in Stanford, North Carolina, and I'm still here in Durham under lockdown, right? But what we did is we said, okay, we're not going to settle. What we're going to do is we're going to go to technology. Now we're uh, recording in three different cities, and this might be a very cool show for us. I mean, this might the fans may love it. I mean, I just feel like the NCAA tournament could have been done in such an incredible fashion where we could have had fans because – Right now, if I wanted to have 100 guests on this uh, telecast right here, we could put 100 of them up on the screen. Because people have nothing to do. No, you're right. You're right. Uh-huh. Why couldn't we figure something out? Like, I felt like we could, we could have went to Silicon Valley and gave them a problem and say, hey, help us solve a, how we can do a virtual game and really um, learn from that environment. And that's what I don't think the NCAA does. I don't think they're proactive. I think they do what everybody else wants to do. 
But in fairness, the NBA did it. Major League Baseball did it. I say test the players, play the game. Everybody's dying for, to watch something. I'm with you. Well, I think that about wraps up this episode. If I'm not no, mistaken, no, no, no. That's we got the what if. That's one of our topics. We got the what if. All right. All right. We well, got the what if question. What's okay, so Hassan. The hypothetical, since we're in this space, is what if the games were played? If the NCAA tournament was played, do you think Duke would have won the national championship? championship and i'm going to start with you natalie and then we're going to go to remy all right well i think this is a silly question to ask period because if i know march madness and anyone knows march madness the madness in march madness is how many upsets there are and how you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen so if i'm thinking about my odds are duke winning and any other team winning I'm going to go with any other team winning is more probable than just picking one team. But I, don't, I couldn't tell you, Haas. I think that I've said it all, all season long in every podcast episode we've had that Duke has already had a lot of their major upsets. They lost to Stephen F. Austin. I love Nacogdoches. Can't even say it right. It's so small and such a weird name. It's like an hour from here. Love Texas. So glad SFA got a win. But Duke has already weathered a lot of storms, and they still came out in a good place. So – I think they would have been in my top five teams to win it all just because I don't see them getting a massive upset from some unheard of team because they've been there. But that's just me. So I don't know. What do you think, Remy? I'm in agreement, Natalie. Like you said, um, March Madness, anything can happen. But I think if Krzyzewski would have had our team playing at their peak and doing it consistently – which required a very deep bench, making our shots like we know we can, staying out of foul trouble, and just playing great defense, I think we would have had a shot. But obviously I'm going to bet on my team. So, All right, Haas, you're up. I think Duke would not have won the championship because they rely on their fans to really push them through like these tournaments and their following. I think the, the Duke factor, the fanfare, that's there is a big deal over at Duke. And, um, and without them, I think Duke would have just been a different basketball team. But with that said, I would have loved to see it. I would have loved to see how these teams adjusted to playing with no fans and just playing for the love of the game. I would have loved to see how, you know, just man on man and, and what type of game would have been played. And, and in some respects, we might have gotten a better game, like a gym game, like a game that, where these guys were just going in a gym and really battling it out. I, I just wanted to see it. And, uh, and so, but we didn't have that. But I think we, we did have a great show. I'm glad that, you know, you guys didn't say, okay, well, we've got corona. We can't do it. We found a way. And, and I wish that professional sports would find a way to bring sports back in a safe way and where we can keep our social distance. And, you know, our show, we found a way, didn't we? We did. We did. So any, any last words, Toss, or is that really our wrap-up now? No, no, Natalie, I want you, I want you to wrap it up. Okay, I know. I've been waiting forever to say this. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead. So we're available on every platform. You heard it, Season 2, Episode 8. That means we got a whole other season for you to watch. But in the words of Hassan Pinto, we out. We out. We out. We out. We out.